0: Hello and welcome to Own Your Divine Light podcast. My name is Yara Atlantica Miller. This is the soul name of Janet Miller, my birth name. I also have another soul name, Isla Serona Miller. These names were given to me through a deep spiritual process. I'm telling you this because when you listen to these different seasons, you will hear me introduce myself as Janet, Isla Serona, then finally as Yara Atlantica Miller. I want you to know these names are all me and simply an evolution of my divine aspect. We all have been on an amazing journey to embody the divine aspects of ourselves. We have been asked to look at our light and shadow and to recognize and accept all that we are. We came onto this planet because we knew this was going to be a challenging job. That's why I created Own Your Divine Light podcast. This podcast is full of so many people who have walked their talk and shifted their lives no matter what they have been through. You will hear many ways to support you on this journey as a multidimensional being and steps you can take to becoming that divine being that you've always known yourself to be. Thank you for joining this podcast. Let's now take a deep dive in today's empowering conversation.
1: Well, hello and welcome to own your divine light show i am janet miller and i invite you to listen to the electrifying and multi-talented alessandra baloney who is a world-renowned percussionist singer dancer and actress born in rome alessandra is just released her book healing journeys with the black madonna and she has re- also written the book rhyme is the cure alessandra was voted the best female percussionist in the world by drum magazine. She also designed a signature series of tambourines for Remo Inc. She is the founder and lead performer of I Gelari do Piazzi, an Italian music theater and dance ensemble As an and is artist in residence at the Cathedral of St. John the Divine in New York City. She teaches workshops and retreats around the world, and uh, Alessandra is right now giving us this interview from Italy. And I thank you so much. Hello and welcome, Alessandra. And it's an honor to have you here. Hello, my honor too. Thank you very much. Alessandra. Thank to meet you over this incredible
2: network that you've created. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you, too, for being here, Alessandra. So you have an astonishingly multifaceted career and diversified interests. Can you tell us how all of that started? <laughs>
2: Oh oh, oh, wow, it's a bit of a long story, of course it's in my book, I was always um, convinced that I wanted to be an artist since I was little, I always sang, I also wanted to act, so I I always knew what I wanted to do as a child, Um, but living in Italy um, in a patriarchal society, it was not easy to live my dream of being a woman artist and free to choose what I wanted to do. Even though I had a blessing to start being cast by actress Anna Magnani and later on Federico Fellini in Italy, I had a father that didn't let me do it, but I had a mother that encouraged me to do it. And then my older sister, now I'm at her house in Rome, she still does work for television, she worked in films, so she left for New York and opened the door to freedom. And I went to visit in... um, you know, in the summer of 1971, and I never returned to live here. I just decided to stay in New York and live my dream, which was not a simple path at all. It was very difficult uh, and especially, you know, living in the 70s in Greenwich Village, which was fantastic, the, all the inspiration I'm sure came from all these places, but it was only in the late 70s coming back to Italy that I rediscovered su- Southern Italian folk music, dance and theater, and it really touched my heart and my soul, and I felt that's really, that was it, that's what I wanted to do. Even though I had started in film and completely different uh, in business, entertainment. And then it became a whole other path, and a spiritual path, through the music.
1: Yes. Yeah, your teenage years really changed your life. They put you yeah, on yeah. this wonderful path, which I was yeah. so, I loved reading about that. And um, so you were never frightened when you went, you just jumped right in, didn't you? You were, yeah. you were very courageous as a young woman and you just, and you met a lot of interesting people I bet. Anyone interested yeah. you can tell us?
2: Well, I met interesting people both in Italy, of course, and in New York. In New York, hanging out in the village, we would run into Bob Dylan and we would hang out in Mexican society and see John Lennon, Yoko Blondie, Lou Reed. Really? Oh my that was the scene, you know, it's not, but it was different then. So people, we didn't call them celebrities either. It was a scene. It was beautiful and great music, as you well. know. Absolutely. I, I was blessed because always through my sister and all, then later my mother, I ended up, you know, before I left, I met Anna Magnani for to be cast as a niece, you know, to play the she-wolf. And then when I came here to work in, mo- in the movies, I worked with Federico Fellini in Casanova, and that was an incredible experience. Wow! I really believe I was way too young to understand what was happening to me. Sure. Now I get it, (laughs) the things he told me to to do. He told me not to stay in Italy, to go back to New York and follow my dream in America. Because he kept saying, people here are very corrupted and to succeed as a woman, you have to give in, you know, with your sexuality and all that. And he was right, you know, um, I encountered a couple of moments like that and I escaped. And I, I feel sad about that in Italy, things are, not easy for women still to do their art and i must say that's a, a great thing in the united states you can follow your dream and now there is a me too movement but this was before the me too movement
1: absolutely absolutely well you were you were one of the path makers the path showers you were the way showers at <laughs> all which is wonderful so your new book Uh, Healing Journeys with Black Madonna has so many insights and is bringing ancient wisdom. Why did you write the book? How did that all happen?
2: The book is really my life's journey. So at some point I felt as I got older that I had so much to share, knowledge and direct experience Mm. with the Black Madonna. Unlike other, I, I read a lot of books about the Black Madonna, but I do not feel that the scholarly research Really explains who she is and why she's important today. Sure. So I felt in the last three, four, actually in the last four years, that the, with all the things that are happening in the world, and then two thousand sixteen with the elections in America, and racism and, and all this, you know, violence against women and transgenders, that the Black Madonna embraces all these issues today. So I felt really motivated. I have to get this done now. Because I think that's her time right now Mm. to share, you know, there are many aspects of the Black Madonna, as you know, but I really really think it's important to share right away that she's the the living being. She's not just a statue or an icon. And she represents the living, uh, the Earth Mother as a living being that can think, nourish, and destroy. And through my dreams, I keep seeing that, that the earth doesn't have much time left, that we don't have much time left, and we have to help change, you know, we're in an incredible time right now. And I know you are aware of this, and I'm sure people follow you are. And so people like us feel the pain, you know, you are awakened to this pain, and you have to do something about it. So, and also, you know, I had a vision when I was ill, and she came, you know, to my, uh, Bad after surgery to tell me to follow her path and to feel other people's pain. So that's a that's a life journey that never ends. <laughs> you know, you, I didn't know that then, but I don't. I do know that now. So the motivation to the book is that well, the the time we're going through now, the fact that she represents also the African mother as the origin of humankind. And you know there's so much racism and in America most people are not aware there are black images Worshipped around the world, right? You're from Poland originally. Yeah. My, yeah
1: my Grandmother so here's my grandmother's black Madonna that you said is from Chester. What is it called? Chester Kova Chester- Chester-
2: Chester- Chester-
1: Chester- 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 I know I can say the word after I hear it <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay. It's not easy
1: bubbly. That was my babshi and then also I have my black Madonna from brazil when i lived there it was given to yeah. me a woman who would come to my house and help me clean and wash up and she was um, and followed the black madonna and yeah. she got sick and i and i took her and then i have a card that a friend gave me about the black madonna because she said i am the black madonna to her and i said really and so <laughs> i didn't, I didn't that, know that, that now i know the depth of the black madonna and here is alessandra's amazing book which is just mm-hmm. gorgeous with thank the most beautiful much. pictures and the story is incredible. What you're telling, it's just it's priceless. And thank you. It's going to take a while to go through that book because I'm not rushing it. It's just a, <laughs> just a yeah, each
2: chapter is a, is a real journey, and that was that's been my life.
1: Yeah. And I love your introduction. The gentleman who uh, the priest, uh, he was a priest who he wrote it, and saying how that you you know you totally uh embodied the bless the, the black madonna and what she she means to the world what you're saying right now is bringing through the earth mother and how much she's asking for the help and Absolutely. and you're and you're the fiery uh, <laughs> image for her that are bringing it forth because you've been you've been following her all over um italy yeah and parts
2: of the world like brazil parts and other places, sure But I also feel that the women uh, movement is very important because the womb of the earth has been broken and our women's womb has been broken, so we're so interconnected. The Black Madonna represents all that, the woman who gives birth, the healing power of the womb. So if that's been broken and it's disconnected, that's a serious problem right now. I feel, I'm sure you feel the same, that the world has to shift from patriarchy to matriarchy. Not even matriarchy, just women have to take more power.
1: And I think they can. Yeah. I mean, there are great men
2: around there, and you know some, and I know many, of course, but um, but it's not what we need right now. People in power have to shift consciousness.
1: Yes, and I think women are stepping up and they, they're looking to own who they are and to be in their femininity as well while they're there. Right because when we talk about the feminine energy, we're talking about actually men embodying it too, because I think many men are craving that, embodying their femininity, because we're both. Yes. Men and women are both fem- feminine and masculine, so to embody them both is, is such a blessing to understand that it's okay. Like, we're past the times where men had to be Totally chivalrous and all that. I mean, they can't because we still like that. We don't want them to lose the masculinity. But no, but we also love that willing to stay home and and work with us. And you know, the woman could be out being the breadwinner sometimes, or you know, they take turns doing it. And it, there's such a respect now between couples. I mean, you see it in the up and coming. You know, the younger yeah. people that the men are stepping up and they're really embodying what you know women you know women need for support to to step up in their femininity yeah and to become
2: Matthew Fox is good for that Matthew Fox is uh, you know is a best-selling author I love the way he does that he brings he said that's really the key now it's masculine feminine how we balance that and the beauty in southern Italy I was just there in Calabria and in some places in the region of Naples the dances are about that Balance in masculine and feminine, masculine and feminine, drumming and dancing, and I was just in it, and I was one watching that, like, wow, these people still do that, they still know how to do that through music and dance, so if, we can, if I can transmit that through my book, I'd be really grateful <laughs> of some mission accomplished, mm. how do we come back in balance?
1: Yeah, it's so wonderful that you can still see that in Italy, that they're, they're still embracing the ancient ways, that they're not lost. In some places, in some
2: places, not everywhere, not everywhere.
1: But they're still they're still there, and that you can bring them back. We still can bring them back, like you, you're bringing them back to us, which is wonderful. And
2: I think it's important to embrace that as a teacher. As a teacher, yeah. we need to awaken the younger people and, um, and make sure they really understand that there is a different path it's not what you see on the television or film you know they were bombarded with the wrong images about women and all other things uh, so it's not easy to, to go through all that mm-hmm. and find the light right absolutely so, and i love that, that own your own light is like oh, that's the
1: light. yeah so i know when you travel around to see you're following the trail of the black madonnas all over su- southern italy and how, any special experiences that you, you've had when you go into these different places? Because I know you found places on your own that nobody even knew they were yeah. like madonna's there, that you've just been guided there.
2: Yeah, I feel I was really guided, I understand that now. The one that for me was the strongest is the one that I described in the chapter 5, uh, La Madonna della Libera, our Lady of Freedom, in the region of Campania, not far from Naples. It's connected to the other main black Madonna from the mountain, the sacred mountain, Monte Vergine. So in this legend, and in the south in Campania, especially in the south of Italy, there are seven Madonnas, there are seven sisters, and the last one was supposed to be the ugliest, and she ran away to a high mountain to hide. So people really had to search hard to find her. And when they found her, they found that she was the most beautiful of all and she was black and they called her Mamma Schiavona, meaning the serving mother. And this is an ancient site sacred to the goddess Chibele, the goddess of the earth. So in this mountain, where I when I went, I had incredible experiences. Um, I knew that what they're doing today, which is drumming and dancing in honor of the black Madonna called Tamoriata. The people were reenacting ancient fertility rites and majestic rituals in other of the gods. So women were the priestesses and men became women. And that tradition is still popular. So in the ancient times they were called Galli, and now they're called Femminelli, and they still do that. They drum, they dance, and they honor the mother. So that was my first um, strong experience in that mountain of feeling the earth being alive and sitting on this ancient rock. that is the throne of the Madonna, and feeling all these vibrations and energy. And that's where a lot of people have miracles because they shift probably disease or sadness. So that was my first experience of realizing she is the Earth Mother and she's alive. And then from that place in this region called Irtinia, uh, with my ex-husband, which at that time was my boyfriend, we were looking for another sister and so we went down the mountain into the valley and we got lost in the forest. And then we entered this beautiful town called Moyano, very small, entered this little church. And the caretaker said, ah, if you need a miracle, you're in the right place. This black Madonna will do it. Our Lady of Freedom, she will free you. Wow. We entered the chapel and there was this beautiful statue, um, incredibly beautiful that you can see in the book. She resembles so much the goddess Isis from Egypt. And we received the miracle. My, my ex-husband was not free. He had uh, addiction problems and he had all kinds of things to work out. And we saw the center star of the gold crown move, wave to us. Wow. It was a complete supernatural uh, phenomenon, a miracle. And after that, he became sober. And we vowed we go back to her every year. So that was one of the most incredible, powerful experiences. And yes, yes. there she is. I love this moment. Oh,
1: gorgeous, yeah. yeah. And
2: then in our research there, we found there was an ancient sites of the Egyptians. Oh, that wow. area is full, is full of magic, known for witchcraft, esoteric teachings, and that's where it comes from, from Egypt. And right next to this place, it was a temple of God the Isis.
1: That's the ISIS. So, you know, yeah. Isis teachings. I mean, I yeah. wear Isis right here. This is Isis. My bracelet is Isis energy. Ah. And this is Sekhmet. Sekhmet. Uh-huh. And this is Tara. This, be- is,
2: um, okay.
1: this is Kuan um, Yin. This is the hero. I, I, I forget his name. Luge, Luge. L-U-G-H. And this is Metatron. These are all energetics. Yeah, they're all energy. You had the
2: made for you probably or something. Well,
1: somebody makes them in New York. She's amazing. And um, her name, yeah. I, yes, she's wonderful. I'll, I'll have to connect you. Um, I've got to get you. Actually, connected. Isis, I really feel that connection. Oh, show. Isis. Is this was, Sekhmet was my first. Isis was my second.
2: Aha, <laughs> uh-huh.
1: okay. So yeah, I Says, you're ready for that. And that's yeah. why you get them. Yeah. It's
2: Interesting. I mean,
1: I'm sure you're going to have, you can choose whatever you want. There's some amazing bracelets and it's through um, the woman's name. I always go, I always forget her name. I don't know why. And I, she's amazing. She, she was given this information through uh, channeling. It just came to her. So she, she has this amazing, she literally infuses them with the energy of the gods and goddesses that come through and she lets them sit for um, quite a while. It's called, um, I, I can't even think of her name right now. That's very great for
2: me to connect with her. Yeah, I'm very, yeah, she's
1: very wonderful. She's had a couple of uh, special, like Colette, uh, Colette uh, Baron Reed. She's got her own little, she's a uh, medium and she has her own little collection with her. And so ah, okay. um, Prague, Von Prague has his own little collection because he said it was the most powerful bracelets he's ever been around. And he wears them himself. So men can wear them, too. It's really, sure. a, yeah. Sure. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, matter.
2: I really need to be connected to that.
1: Yeah, I wish I could say her name out loud. I just It's not coming to me at the moment. <laughs> but anyway, um, this is so wonderful, the connection to Egypt and, and the freedom, the Madonna, the, that was where your first big miracle. That's an amazing yeah,
2: thing. To that have. was big, the first big one, yeah. And, and then I'm it, also how women relate to ISIS, of putting back the body... Osiris with love and fixing it and I felt that so much later on when I was trying to help my ex-husband to be whole again you know to find his his mission and his depth and and then later on I realized you know through life a lot of us become Isis with love when it comes to love in a man and also for the ones who are mothers I'm not a mother but you know it's the trinity and the child Mm-hmm. Well, I just came from Calabria, where they do this procession for Good Friday and for Easter, and which is pre-Christian, and where you see the sorrowing mother looking desperately to, for her son, and Saint John comes to help her to find him, finally resurrected. That goes back to the ancient Isis mm-hmm. uh, looking for Osiris and then being guided. Oh. As well, Peter and Persephone, but then the truth, the tree is really. Isis, Osiris, and Orus, and the Calabrese do it like it's Catholic, but it's not Catholic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> not at all. <laughs> you know the true story, yes. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. That's, that's yeah. amazing. you
2: know, we have a lot of incredible things in the south of Italy that are still very alive.
1: Yeah, there's so much. And it's for the mother. Everything
2: is for the mother.
1: Mm-hmm. Because the It's not so much about Jesus.
2: Jesus. It's always for the mother.
1: Because mm, the mother is the creatrix. She is right. the creator, really. I yeah. mean. Without the mother, <laughs> there is no no, no, no life. No life, exactly, exactly. So you also along your journey you've connected with the healing power of your drumming dances and, and especially the tarantella trance dance. Can you tell yes. us why, why did that become so important to you?
2: Because um, first I used for res- in my research I used it for a show that I was doing La Lupa, where I tied a woman accused to be a witch. And in my version, she became a tarantada, which means a woman uh, suffering from the mythical bite of the tarantula, which is a form of depression, usually caused by sexual desires that are repressed and sometimes sexual abuse. So as I portrayed that on stage, I felt it really uh, close to me in my life, even though I was not born in the southern part of Italy, in Puglia. And then later on, I got sick again. And when I was bleeding, I did not believe in the Western medicine only a solution, so I danced the dance which is called pizzica tarantata. means means pizzica means bite, and uh, the bleeding stopped immediately, and I healed myself from uh, this precancerous condition that was probably coming back, and that was uh, within 20 minutes of dancing, and it never came back. And then I realized the power of this dance is not something from centuries ago, as I thought when I was studying it in the books and, and some documentaries that were made in the 1950s. And then I tried just, you know, to see if it worked for other women. And my first um, experiment was with a woman I knew very well who had cysts and she couldn't get pregnant. And she, her cysts went away immediately, I mean, she came back like to me in about within two weeks and said, Alessandra, this was really a miracle and the doctors couldn't figure it out. And and then later on, she got pregnant. So there were at least four or five women with cysts that disappeared in the first few years. And then as I said in my workshop, Rhythm is the Cure in Tuscany every summer, that's when I started to draw these women who had uh, sexual abuse, but I I wasn't aware of that. And then it became clear that that's another another path. Because through this trans dance, where you become the spider, and really let go and with the legs out in up in the air and on flat on your back that's where the you know i, I drum over the person and that's where they receive a grace where the trauma comes out mm. and i really feel strongly even though some people are trying to explain it scientifically i don't think everything is to be explained scientifically yeah, exactly. but there are things that are like the rhythm the six eight brings you back in balance you can let go of negative toxin energy, that's the poison of the spider, and you can bring the web in your in mind. In your mind. So, it's, mm-hmm. so it really works on the subconscious. Mm-hmm. So that's really what I think happens, that the trauma is released from the subconscious. Yeah. So That's a beautiful path, I really love doing that. Whenever I can help someone who has that problem, it's amazing, <laughs> and it's happening a lot
1: you've had a lot of that i can see yeah,
2: lots of incredible stories sad stories that then become beautiful stories mm-hmm. as if there's one in the book one girl amara you know they, they put her testimony i had many more testimonials but there would be another book probably <laughs> yeah
1: absolutely do you do anything with say like uterine cancer and things like that can have you yeah that, yeah
2: well i have worked with people who have had it and I am in the um, phase of coming out, mm-hmm. and they felt amazing after doing this dance. What I had was dysplasia, which is the cancerous cells of the cervix, mm-hmm. and that's and I healed myself. Wow, the second time. but it wasn't uterus cancer, which is way more serious. Yes, but my experience is people were coming out of the uh, chemo and other alternative, um, okay, okay, by okay. feeling like it's a shift. Of energy and also of strength, mm. Mm. because I suppose all those medicines leave so much toxins.
1: Yes, you probably release them. And from you need the body. to get rid of that, right? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Can do people have to be in your in your presence when you do this, or can you do yeah. it? Properly? Yes, they have yes. to be presence. Yeah.
2: It only works if we're together, because okay. it's the drumming through the drumming, which obviously is a shamanic. And my friend Yitzhak Berry was one of the first to say, you're a shaman, Alessandra. And I would say, no, no, I'm a musician.
1: (laughs) (laughs) you I hate
2: that word. I don't want to do this. I just want to drum and dance and sing and be happy. It really didn't go so only that way. So, yeah, the, the, the tambourine technique is very difficult. So to this day, I don't really have an apprentice that can do that part. I've taught a lot. But that part is a combination of a gift as a healer and learning the technique, which is very hard, mm-hmm. but I'm teaching people so hopefully someone will come from
1: you are teaching this
2: cure because it comes from the south of Italy, but they're not doing it there as a cure anymore stop
1: now you teach that in the United States because I know you live in uh, you live near in New Jersey, correct
2: right yeah, okay. I teach in New York and New Jersey but my best um, results are always when we're in a retreat. Uh-huh. One coming up is in August in Tuscany.
1: Okay.
2: On the 17th through the 24th. And that's a spectacular place in a villa, a uh, renaissance villa, in, with great f- food made by gourmet, you know, people that really know about nutrition. And then the other one is in Hawaii. But I want to create more retreats like that. That's really, I think, with the book, I really need to concentrate on Finding more places where this can happen. Because it's okay when you then you know, when you teach in a dance studio it's nice, it's, it works, but it's not the same as being in a protected place in nature.
1: Mm-hmm. Well you have the energy of the earth supporting yeah. and giving totally. you an alignment. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So- it is bad energy. You're right.
1: Yes, yes. And I do like the tambourine. When I was in England, when I was in Egypt uh, in 2005, I brought home an Egyptian tambourine. And I, I, that's what I always played. Isn't that interesting? Ah. I know. It's like, ah, really? Yes. And now you. Yes. That. That's the closest
2: to our tambourine. It's Egyptian. It? Yep.
1: Wow. That's really what what played
2: heard. only by women, too. That was only a woman instrument.
1: Yeah, I should bring it up and show you. It's down in my... <laughs> Think of that forgetting that you do the t- I have a couple. i don't
2: really play egyptian style though but it's no i
1: wouldn't think so i don't know how to play egyptian style i just i just brought it back to because yeah. I, I was drawn to it and uh, of course it was just amazing to me to have that and i and i use that when we go and i go to a group called the magdalene gathering and, <laughs> yeah i've been doing it for 10 years and um we play in drum and we do, you know, meditation and we talk. It's a women and men, and men are there too. We have like four four women four that tend to show up and we play everything, all our instruments and we, um, and we do healing. And it's it's really magnificent. It's a wonderful community, you know?
2: I want to know more about that too.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's really, and the one, the woman who runs it, she has written books with that, Mary Magdalene. She cha- she Mary um, Magdalene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Gloria Amendola, yeah, you'll that's, see like yeah. And she is wonderful too, and uh, she's been the one leading these groups, and she does it around Connecticut. I'm in Connecticut. Great.
2: so yeah, I would love to know more.
1: She would oh, she would love to connect with you with the Black Madonna, absolutely. She would. That's
2: one aspect of Mary Magdalene. It's the Dark Mother. It's
1: absolutely. The one
2: aspect of the Black Madonna. I didn't go into that in the book because it was it's another journey. I've been to one other sites and. Uh, a mystical experience and I wrote a song for her, which is probably the song that I could share with the people.
1: Oh, how wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, you can uh, you can tell a little bit if you want about your gift. We're still talking, but you can talk about your gift. So well, um I think
2: um because that's the only song that I wrote in English,
1: okay, <laughs> French, and then it goes into English. I can
2: uh give you um the link to the chapter where I speak about that. Okay. And it's connected to the Madonna of the Sea, the healing waters and Aphrodite and all that. And um, where we come from, the primordial waters and other aspects of the black, black Madonna. And I can send you the mp3 of the chant to the Aphrodite, which is the Afro-Brazilian Yoruba, which is very easy, mm-hmm. and also the, the one for Mary Magdalene and the goddess of the sea and as, as the Black Madonna.
1: Oh my goodness. I, I love
2: that. I wrote it in a, in a mystical moment in my life in Southern France, and then I forgot it. Then I came back to New York and I couldn't figure out how to remember it. Then I went by the water at the river and came back. So wow. I, as you know, these things come to us. So when I say I wrote it, I feel, okay, I put it together, but it came from somewhere else.
1: But you, you accepted it and you brought yeah. it, and that's, that's your gift. It's a wonderful gift you're bringing to us. Thank you for that. So, I know you've helped so many people. um, And what what area of your career do you love the most? Or is it all of it? (laughs) What area of the... Of your career, do you love the most?
2: I I think what I am really enjoy the most always is singing and drumming together. So, I really think that's my essence of who I am. Yeah. I now realize I really love writing, of course, but um, what I feel the most, you know, whole and who I really am, it's my voice with the drum, with the tambourine. So, and that led me to travel around the world through the Rima company that I designed drums with. I never thought that that little instrument, the tambourine, would take me all around the world, you know. So, and then it also gives me the power of healing people. So I think the drumming and singing is my main love wow. will always
1: be so your shows i mean you've even written a show right you've written, uh, written
2: yeah. tell
1: us a little about that because that's amazing
2: well I, as i started this theater company in Giuliani di piazza the jesters of the square my intention was to create operas folk operas where we um um present you know for an audience what i learned in the fields so uh, I, the only way to do that was for me to conceive a show, write it, do research, sometimes take an, an, an old manuscript and rearrange it, and then put it together with the music, which was done by a fantastic composer, John Barbera, who's a guitarist, composer, and my co-founder. So together we created a huge repertoire. So I would have an idea, and then I wrote the, the opera The Voyage of the Black Madonna before the book. And then uh, I had the idea and then I, you know, just started to write scenes and then do the music and put the choreography together. It's a lot of work. I really a yeah. lot of work.
1: So when, how often do you put that on? You travel around the world doing that. Do you do it in New York? Do you do it in the East? The, uh, the
2: opera is mainly in New York where we're artists artist in residence at St. John the Divine. Okay. When I, travel, I travel a lot as a solo, sometimes with people in the group but um, the big performances where it's a lot of people on stage are usually done mainly in New York, sometimes in California, a few times in Italy, but it's a bigger uh, production, it's really hard to tour with that. A lot of
1: How often do you do it?
2: Now in, in New York we have a season where we do twice a year, we used to do more, but now it's the winter season for the summer, uh, winter solstice, spring season sometimes, like I just did the Black Madonna concert, for the book launch, and then at, at times in June, June 29th, for the Parantella ritual.
1: Ah, 29
2: and the summer sources.
1: Are you doing that this year?
2: I don't think so because we just did a big performance, and when I go back now next week, I'll decide. But because I may be traveling to Glastonbury in Ireland, and I was thinking. Uh. I don't know if I really want to go back to New York to do a show. I want to say in Ireland. I've never been to Ireland. so. Oh, no. That's, yeah. uh, I don't know. But, but we will then do the production in October.
1: Ah, uh, fantastic. I'll, I'll have to, I have to attend. It sounds amazing. Yeah. yeah. Boston, Berry, England last year. You have to go to the, Magda- the Chapel of the Magdalene.
2: Yeah, that's where I go.
1: Went. We, we, we missed it. She got there right before they closed. And she had the most amazing picture of a woman in red, with red hair, sitting <clears throat> there. It was unbelievable. I got chills. And nobody else was there. It was just her and this woman. And the woman just sat there and just didn't speak, but was there. And we feel it was Mary Magdalene. It was
2: absolutely the red.
1: So I, I've got chills all over me. It was so absolutely. gorgeous. And I don't have her picture. She has it. She's a photographer. So she got it beautifully done and i i would like to ask her for a copy of that because it's just yeah, a, spent,
2: uh, a lot of time in the chalice well. yes yes yeah. that was my first
1: it was nice. beautiful yeah. we went to both the the springs the red spring and the yeah. white spring mm-hmm. it was magnificent and then we walked the tour went up the tour
2: oh, up the that's a place, but it's beautiful
1: it is it's a big it's yeah. a good walk it's a good healthy walk so um yeah so Alessandra, do you have any special message for the people of 2019? Is there something special you think we need to know?
2: I think it's uh, going back to the beginning um, that we are in a very crucial time of history, and politically, socially, globally, and uh, cosmic, <laughs> it's in a cosmic way. So again, my message is really to, to really go down deep you know, into our heart and soul and understand that we have a power to shift things and change things and transform things instead of giving up. You know, I think a lot of people are giving up to, on certain levels. Mm-hmm. And I think to find the real answer to, to the Divine Mother, this is the time to accept that we come from the Mother, that she is the one that transforms. She can nurture but can also destroy. We mm-hmm. can go back to respect the divine mother and the divine feminine, and then I think the world could be really in a much better place.
1: Yeah, and understand that the
2: darkness and the black is sacred.
1: Yeah, it is because it's our shadow and it's also the rich, deep earth that we come from, right? And you talk right. about that in your the book, darkness
2: of the womb of the earth.
1: Yes, it's just beautiful. Thank you for that. Thank so, you. Anything else you want to tell us about your book or anything you want to share? Because we're we're in the last (laughs) few minutes and you've just given us so many beautiful things to think about. And your and your actual your trips that you're going to be having your retreats are they still open?
2: So uh, that's what I like to share. My I I lead an annual pilgrimage to the sacred sites of the Black Madonna in the south of Italy from August fourth through the Mm sixteenth. Right now it's sold out.
1: Okay, unless I find a way
2: open a couple of spaces with the hotels. So that's the 4th through the 16th. But if you are interested, you can still write to me and I can see how I can make that happen. But um, I think for people who are interested in the depth of the work of the drumming and dance and connection to the Black Madonna, because we, we also visit two Black Madonnas. It's the workshop in Tuscany where it's the most intense experience of healing with the dance that I described before, the Tarantella. And then we close, we go into the two Black Madonnas in Tuscany. Wow. Um, and then I'm also um, pretty sure I will create another tour for Black Madonnas uh, feasts in September oh. where uh, people, people come have to be ready to, you know, to be in a very wild situation where we are drumming and dancing all night. These processions are not the typical Catholic processions at all. Right. I can the accent you know. and they're very sensual, very sexual, very sensual. So, it's a a moment of liberation for everyone.
1: Yes, yes. And it's good. Sounds magnificent. It really does. Thank you for that. So, I I just want to thank you so much for all that you've done for us, for being this dynamic, rousing light of compassion and deliverer and defender of the mysteries of the divine feminine, because you are. And you have truly owned your divine light. And you have restored so many people to their light by unlocking their passions and igniting their authenticity and finally creating the lives they love. So thank you so much, Alessandra, for being here. So grateful that you came to us from Italy with all the work you've been doing there. You've been so busy, so grateful. And I am Janet Miller and I thank you and I'll catch you on the next episode.
0: Hello again. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. If you did, please remember to leave a review. This helps us gather ideas on how else we can improve our content so we can provide you the best experience as you tune in with us. Before I let you go, I want to let you know that as an energy facilitator and divine light mapper, I am here to guide you in discovering your soul's purpose in this ongoing new paradigm shift. When you're ready to discover your soul's purpose, book a divine light mapping session with me to gain understanding of your soul's journey. You may also book a Solex AO Scan session with me to harmonize your mind, body, and spirit. We'll take a look at your signature blueprint, which we all emit with energy, frequency, and vibration. And with this information you gain, you will surely leave here empowered to take charge of your sovereign body. When you're ready to book a session and to learn more about our current events, promos, and services, please visit ownyourdivinelight.com. Thank you again for participating in our podcast. Our journey to 5D continues.